0: Welcome to The Voice of EMS, I am Charles McFaul, here with One EMS at the Georgia EMS Association Providers and Leadership, Providers and Educators Conference, is this one. Right. And I'm with Kim Mm Littleton, and you're wearing the official GEMSA Association shirt.
1: I am. So what
0: are you doing with the association this weekend?
1: I'm the executive director for the association. Okay. Um, I actually was hired, um, this is my 11th year, I believe, with the association. So when I came into the position, uh, it was the first time that the association had hired a full time executive director up until then. Okay. The board did the majority of the work for the conferences. So it's
0: kind of like a, a COO, but you just make sure everything runs day to day. Correct. That, yeah.
1: Manage okay. uh, staff. I have a staff of four people that I manage. And we, um, in addition to the conference, we also. Uh, oversee a lot of uh, grant-funded training that we do across the state.
0: And that's where I've seen your name more, and I think I've seen your faces in the meetings talking about the grant fundings and the different things that right. go on. Grants are, are, are a booger, man. They're, they're hard to write and hard to get through, so we appreciate you. Putting all the effort in to help us out with that. Yeah,
1: it's been uh, we've been very fortunate with the association. The trauma commission has been uh, George Trauma Commission has been a partner with us for many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they fund the leadership program uh, that we put on the
0: year-long class thing, right? Yes. yes.
1: Mm-hmm. We are in our tenth year. We'll actually graduate another class of 27 students in November. Wow,
0: 27. Mm-hmm. So that wow. brings up
1: to somewhere close to 250 uh, nice. alumni that is of that group. Now. And
0: actually, I, I could have looked at getting into. it. I know it's a year-long class. It's over. You know, every so often you'll meet to do right. the, the classes, it's, it's, it's a lot.
1: It's four weeks. It's basically one week per quarter uh, throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, usually the, the modules are in March, uh, May, August, and November. It uh, covers everything from billing, uh, meetings with county commissioners, really everything. Uh, if you're in a senior leadership position in EMS. Um, really, the ins and outs of how to do that job, some things that you don't yeah. typically think about when you exactly. go into the job.
0: I, uh, well, You know what we'll come back to? Because I always like to ask how can one EMS help you, and I think we'll come back to that. It sounds like where we're going. But the four questions. Okay. What do you love about what you're doing? What do you love about EMS or what you're doing specifically?
1: The- For me, there's, you know, there are a lot of challenges in EMS. I'm not, you know, that's not news to anyone now. You know, we're faced with challenges every day in this profession. Um, But the thing that really, I guess, has inspired me about this is I I come from a lobbying background. I did that for 17 years before I got into EMS. I got into EMS because I I really had a passion for it. I grew up in a public safety family. Um, So EMS is my second career. Uh, I've only been a paramedic. A short time considered considering what some people here sure. have been for, but <laughs> for 15 years. And I was perfectly content being paramedic on the truck when the association approached me about this job. But really, I get the best of both worlds. I get to still be involved with the operations side of EMS. I actually still work as a paramedic son. Um, but then I get to do those things where we hopefully will elevate the profession to the next level and continue yes. work on retention and recruitment into this yes. into this profession.
0: And that's that's I think what we need more of in this profession is like myself I did media and medicine you've done the lobbying in medicine that made you uniquely positioned to do what you're doing now and and in such a better different world than even 15 years ago where it was well you're on the truck that's it we have no options so I love to hear that The second question is, what's something that has changed over your exposure to Because you said you grew up in a first responder family, Mm -hmm. so it's not even just your career, it's your life. What has changed about the industry that was great, that needed to happen?
1: In my opinion, and maybe it's because I'm so uh, involved with this program, but I think the leadership opportunities that we provide to EMS uh, professionals now. Um, Up until really in Georgia, the leadership uh, program that we have, this four-week program that we Mm -hmm. mentioned, up until that program, you know, fire services, uh, every other aspect of public safety. They've had elements of leadership that they leadership training right. they could access. For EMS, this is really the first opportunity to do that. That really delves into everything, um, and really I think the the um, the increase in capabilities that we have with with our leadership, the leadership potential that we have out there, is really going to be the driving force in how our services are, are run.
0: And right. I love. I love. Well, I'm being sarcastic when I say I love hearing like, oh, uh, you know, we get kids these days, they don't want to work, well it does come from the leaders and I followed some really strong leaders, I had some bad managers but some strong leaders at times that taught me what I learned today and I tried to instill that back in. So why do we expect 18 year olds, 19 year olds to get into this field brand new and have our 40 years of experience to to, to make them want to do it. if you could live your life backwards, I think everybody would you'd be I, smarter when you had the energy.
1: Yeah, and I still say that I think that EMS overall has um, difficulty with, with our branding. I don't think really, you know, the general public has no idea of the right. capability right. Uh, in the back of an ambulance. So I think that some of those hurdles, you know, little by little, we're overcoming some of that. Uh, but it's um, it's a, always a challenge, but a good, I'm, I'm always up for a good challenge anyway.
0: <laughs> and you, I mean, you hit it on the head, branding. That's what part of what we're wanting to do with one EMS is getting the public to understand to like what goes into it and understand there's a difference between medicine of what we do and insurance of how it gets paid. Right. That's a, two different ball games. It's, it's not for today. But yes, understanding is a key factor to anything that we do. Uh, so, what is something that you are seeing as a struggle in EMS or that you and your office are struggling with that needs change?
1: We... You know, we're looking at those areas, and I know that probably Chad, like my chairman, I know he probably mentioned this as well. We're working on elements for you know hopefully a retirement plan. Mm-hmm. You know, what are mm-hmm. those things that we can do that actually um, brings people into the profession, keeps people in the profession? Yes. Um, the other part of it is I think that we we are constantly faced with the challenge of um, getting information out. You know. That public education, you know, it's not just about you know us as a family within EMS. We know what we do, but the general public doesn't yes. understand that a lot. And right. until we do more work on the education of the capability of EMS and what it should be used for, I think we're really you know we're missing we're missing the target there.
0: I, I recently did some interviews in Bryan County with the Chiefs, and then we got their uh, their administrative assistant that serves all the Chiefs, and her perspective was from the civilian world, and she goes. In the fire world, we do fire prevention. We've done it for a long time, and that really has brought down house fires. Right. Why are we not doing, e- you know, not EMS prevention but medical prevention? And I was like, well, I'm sure there are definitely groups that are out there, but that's what you're talking about—that education. That think, if I why am I dialing 911? How could I go back five steps and prevent that moment so that? The biggest argument always is why are we running this call or stuck in this traffic or hanging on this hospital wall and I could have saved the cardiac right. arrest. And, and it's a, just a group effort.
1: And in saying that, about as far as the things and the capabilities that we have, the you know while those are things that we need to be educating the public about more, we also need to constantly work to make sure that we're we're raising the bar from the training side of things, to make sure that those paramedics and EMTs, that they are trained to the level. Because, you know, as well as I do, when funding goes away, a lot of times the training budget sort the first thing the
0: first thing. Go. Yeah, exactly. And,
1: you know, we have yes. to have those well-trained. We don't want situations in Georgia where you have a county that someone drives through and says, oh, you better be careful if you go through mm, that county. Because, you. you know, they're not keeping up. They think they have an yeah. EMT or a paramedic. You know, license in mm-hmm. hand, and they're good to go. They never have to do anything else. Well, it is a—it's a constant learning process, and we have to it make is. sure that we continue to train our people.
0: Absolutely, get um, get people to care, and when they care, they want to do more and learn more, right. and, and that's going to—we have to be a destination, uh, uh, not a job anymore. A destination career. Uh, well, I hear you saying. Just my brain interprets it. Like the military, the military is people who are lifers, and they just get stronger and better as they go. And there's some people who just serve a little bit and get out. Right. We're not even to the lifer spot. We're we're still at the serve a little bit and get out because we have got to make a career out of it. Uh-huh. It's all coming together.
1: And there are great elements, and you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, you have the younger generation that they don't do things like we did. But you know, that's that's not always bad. We have to sure, be able yeah. to have that flexibility and know that in some of that younger generation, there's some capability there that we may need to look at our processes a little bit differently uh, to see if we can incorporate some things that may be an easier way to do something than you know what we already Absolutely. have in place.
0: Exactly. And that's part of what one EMS does is bringing the voices together. Like you said, I need the wisdom of somebody who's been in the field 40, 50 years. I need the person who came from I would never have thought lobbyist. How you go from lobbyist? To, but I get it, and you know, that's a whole different perspective. The more we have conversations, the more we, we can bring people together. And coming back, with what you were struggling with in the beginning, I think it's kind of what we can talk about. That's how One EMS can help: mm-hmm. is just get more understanding out there about what we need, about what Jim says trying to do. And why we should be a part of it.
1: Well, the the thing that we're we're concentrating on now, too, and it's not just about the numbers in EMS and in, in, in our organization or what our membership numbers look like, but there's that adage of there's strength in numbers. That mm-hmm. is definitely true. When you go to push a piece of legislation or when you go to fight a piece of legislation that yes. may not be good for the industry, right. you know, those numbers and that ability to have, you know, 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 people behind yes. whatever you're. Um, idea or initiative is that you're pushing forward is going to make a difference to that legislator, and it's also going to matter how their people back home feel. They want to know how that EMS director and yes. those folks at home feel about whatever piece of legislation right. they're looking at.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I respect your time because I can talk to you. I mean, you keep throwing <laughs> this in that I want to go in on. It's like no, you're right, but I know you've got a lot to do here with the conference. How's the conference going for you it's so far? It's
1: great. We have been very pleased so far with the facility. You know, for us, it was a A little bit of a a nerve-wracking thing from the beginning because we had been in Savannah for 14 years, so we sort of ventured out a little bit to come to a new facility. Didn't know how everybody would feel about it, but the facility's been great. And you know, the great thing about our membership is they are they're supportive of the organization. So they know when we do things different, we're trying. You know, we may make some. There may be some bumps in the road, uh, but they're they've have always been you know right there with us to go uh, through those times that we've had for ferries and hopefully if there's yeah. any glitches this time we can work them out so they'll never
0: know <laughs> that's good i've heard a lot of good positive feedback about being here at Jekyll Island, from the vendors saying the vendor hall is much better much to better. the families being able to go out to the beaches while the, the providers are here getting their education. It, it's been working out.
1: As I mentioned in my opening statement, too, this morning when we when we opened up the session, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of people, yes, they come here to get their, their continuing education hours, but a lot of people come as a family reunion because this may be a once or twice right. a year that they get to see a lot of the people that they've yeah. known all through the years.
0: Well, I appreciate it, Kim. Uh, This is why we have the conversations, to get more input, more insight on what's going on, to see what's happening, because at the end of the day, we are (laughs) 1EMS.